que me dejabas, yo que te esperaba. Yo que Bienvenidos a Radio Menea, I'm Vero Valletti Flores. And I'm Miriam Suela Perez. And we are two Latinx friends. With wildly different music tastes. And each week we bring you music from the Latinx artists that we love. And this week we've got an episode full of Senora Jams. So, uh, first of all, we were inspired uh-huh. by Songmas. They had mm-hmm. an episode a while back called, like, Senoras Bien, and mm-hmm. just, like, had, like, some Senora music, and we're mm-hmm. like, that's a really great idea. We're yep. going to do some, like, Senora jams. Yep. We'll put a link in the show notes to that episode if you want to check out the Songmas take on Senoras Bien. It was, like, a little bit of a different interpretation of what a Senora music is like, so you can get kind of two different takes on the same yeah. concepts. And they um, feature, they start with a song called Senoras Bien, which I really love, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, I would have brought to the podcast a while back ago if it weren't, um, if the artists weren't from Spain, Las right. but mm-hmm. um, they, uh, yeah, it was just very appropriate. But, yeah. but right now we are starting with the ultimate Senora. <laughs> yes. The ultimate Senora Jam. Yes. This is Paquita La del Barrio, and this song is called Tres Veces Te Engañé. Dices que me quieres y que me perdonas, pero lo que tú hagas no me importa ya Hoy me siento viva Me siento importante Y de lo que pase Yo me encargaré Tres veces te engañé Tres veces te engañé Tres veces te engañé primera por coraje, la segunda por capricho, la tercera por placer. She really is the ultimate senora. Yeah, especially the way she does her hair, which mm-hmm. is like mm-hmm. a helmet of mm-hmm. lacquer. Mm-hmm. And the sparkly outfits that are like every senora's fanciest mm-hmm. church or wedding yes. outfit. Yep, yep. You know, With the matching clutch that's also studded. Absolutely studded, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. be-glittered, rhinestoned, yeah. whatever combination yep. of very sparkly dresses, right? Mm-hmm. That yep. are both fancy and comfy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. I can feel that. Yes. Um, <laughs> and the other reason why sen- why Paquita del Barrio to me is such a senora Mm-hmm. is that she taps into, like, my fantasy that when I'm an old lady, I'm going to just cease to give any fucks. You know, I feel like, I feel like Paquita la del Barrio completely ran out of fucks. Mm, yeah, I think that's true. But I don't see you as somebody who gives a lot of fucks, to be honest. I don't give a lot of fucks. I've run out of <laughs> a lot of them. The ones that yeah. I have left, I have to be using them very judiciously. Right, right. Because yeah. a lot of them have already been used up. But yeah. like, Got it. there's going to come a point where I don't have any left. Yeah. And I really look forward to that. And I feel like Paquita really symbolizes that for me in a lot of ways, right? Like in her classic, like Rata de los Patas, like just like the mm-hmm. way that she's insulting this trash ass man Yep, is like, I don't give any fucks. Like yep. I'm going to 
call you narrata ponzoñosa and like come up with like the most creative ways of insulting mm-hmm. you. Love mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. This one, tres veces te engañé, is so good just because like una vez por coraje, <laughs> otra vez por capricho, y la última vez por placer. It's like I did it. Like he's like these are all the reasons why I did it. She's Fuck kind you. of like a villain. She's kind of a villain. <laughs> she is. I mean, it's also like like I feel like the star of The Little Mermaid is Ursula, right? Mm-hmm. Like she's a much mm-hmm. better character than right. Ariel, right? Like right. And she's got like right. Ursula right. vibes right. to me. Yeah. yeah. You know, she's yeah. just like yeah. a fucking senora uh-huh. that uh-huh. like has been Powerful. through a lot in her life and just like doesn't give a fuck about what others have yeah. to say about her life right. choices. And she's like super powerful, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you listen to, I mean, do you watch RuPaul's Drag Race? It's making me think I of drag queens. I don't watch <laughs> RuPaul's Drag Race. I feel like a bad fucking queer. It's like yeah. I don't read the horoscope and I don't watch Drag Race. <laughs> I oh. should be banished. No, but like, it's okay. I but, think so, I mean, I would absolutely watch fucking Paquita, La del Barrio drag. There are definitely drag queens that do that style of kind of like senora, you know, which I yes. really like. I mean, a lot of Love them are that. white, so they're doing it, you know, culturally in a different way. But, um, but yeah, just like the older woman, like the esteemed lady, the like, you know, usually like the bigger queens, right? Not these little like flaquita, like skinny sort of model queens, but like the right, bigger ladies. Right. Um, yeah, with the gems and the hair and like the sort of Southern belle kind of thing. So it's kind of, I f- it made me think of that. Yeah. I mean, she's just the ultimate. There is a drag queen that you probably would like watching, which is Valentina, who's currently I've heard on. about Valentina. I follow yeah. her on Instagram. Right. And she's pretty <laughs> great. And like she's on All Stars right now, which is a season that's happening currently. And she's uh-huh. doing a She's doing a great job. She's kind of ridiculous because she, like, she literally gives no fucks and, like, doesn't. She's, like, she lives in her own reality. So, it's, like, even if she does terribly, she's, like, in my reality, I did great. You know? And it's, like, what? Yeah. What are you talking about? Anyway. But she does a lot of, like, Selena looks and, yeah, she's she's pretty great. Yeah. Maybe so. I should watch it. It's just that when it first came out, a lot of, like, my trans friends were, like, yeah. Rue is very yeah. transphobic and there's a lot of things about the show that are very transphobic. Yeah. I was, like, fine. He's, I won't watch it. Yeah. And then, like, I think that there's been, like, different strides that have been oh, made there's the been show. A lot. Yeah. There was but, actually, like, yeah. now it's, like, ten seasons long and I feel too overwhelmed to start well, don't yeah don't go back <laughs> don't go back don't go back just jump in it's fine you don't need to go back um okay, okay. yeah Maybe rupaul has it. been yeah rupaul has been really resistant to like changing his views and like being accepting yeah, of trans women yeah. and drag and but this, this season actually great. this season there they're one of the all-stars is a openly out trans woman who's also a drag queen and like okay. there have been people on other shows seasons but like maybe they're not out yet or they come out, but they're not. And like, right, we will still right. say like things that are kind like of trans Before they're like out as trans right. women. Yeah. Like Which, the you know, show. yeah, drag can be a space where people experiment and, and also helps them to affirm sure. their identity. But yeah, this woman, Gia Gunn is actually an out trans queen on all stars and talks about like sort of the struggles and challenges around it. And then Rue, yeah, like changes some, finally changes some of his language. Like in the show, they usually like say, gentlemen start your engines and may the best woman win or whatever um which is very you know does not work for trans people right obviously it works for like cis male drag queens right so like on this show now he says something else so it's like these little changes i mean it's taken years of people pushing at him and him being like resistant and resistant and transphobic but things things are changing and and getting better so anyway but yeah i do feel like there's something about paquita that 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 reminds me of like a drag queen (laughs) For sure. Yes, absolutely. Sure. She's got those vibes. 
Yeah. Somebody in Brooklyn, if you know of a, a queen that does a Paquita show, oh, I would love it. I would love it. Slide in our DMs. Let it go now. Know. We want to know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, my first Senora jam is not by a Senora, but it is definitely a Senora jam. This oh, is yes. this is Luis Miguel. Hasta que me olvides. Hasta que me olvides voy a intentarlo. No habrá quien me seque tus labios por dentro y por fuera. No habrá quien desnuda mi nombre una tarde cualquiera. Hasta que me olvides tanto que no exista mañana ni después. Y voy a rodar como lágrima entre la llovizna Hasta que me olvides tanto que No exista mañana ni después Hasta que me olvides Voy a amarte tanto, tanto Como fuego entre tus brazos hasta que me olvides Hasta que me olvides Y me rompa en mil pedazos Continuar mi grande I'm shocked that it's been three years and we haven't brought Luis Miguel yet. He's such, he's such an like, epic icon we have huge never deal. Brought Luis Miguel. we've never brought Luis Miguel no that's I that's hilarious that's I because know because that's such I mean he's like such a señora I know classic I know. right like I and I mean I guess like I don't know we're in our mid-30s we're señoras right. I guess. right that's the thing are we señoras <laughs> I don't know I don't know I feel like I think there's some things about my I think my taste in salsa is very señora like but I don't think oh, my taste yeah. in music yeah, generally is. Yeah, I think you do have is. a señora salsa taste. I do. I really do. But um, but yeah, Luis Miguel, I, I won't say like I'm a huge fan, but I can like respect, you know, a big deal. And so it, check out the video for this song because I think it illustrates like what one of the dynamics of señora jams is like the songs that our mothers like loved when they were teenagers. And so he's such a, a big deal. Like you watch the, the video is of a live taping of this from a concert and all the women in the front are like screaming and like dying over Luis Miguel and like those are our moms when they were teenagers you know like this is the stuff that they loved um so he was just kind of like a heartthrob even he's a little bit of a weirdo I mean they're all kind of weird I think but there's one album in particular from like the 80s where he looks like just really creepy on the front he's like he's like kind of orange like very overly tanned like dudes people are from um Spain and in Italy you know I don't know what he was trying to do but <sighs> This, this song is like all of the feelings, all the ballad, all the 80s, 90s vibe. So there was a radio station that like when we were thinking about this episode, I immediately thought of in Miami that I think still exists called Amor 107.5. And like this is the kind of music, right? It's like yep, really cheesy yep. love ballads. And so I, I, I just have to assume that that radio station is like every Miami Senora's favorite radio station. And I just remember listening to it as a kid. So interestingly, Luis Miguel is like, is very identified with Mexico, but he's not Mexican. He's not Mexican. He was born in Puerto Rico. I was shocked. Shocked. Yeah. 
to I know. hear I this. Was I was like, it's like rocking my world. And I'm like, right. no, he's Mexican. He's not Mexican. <laughs> it's interesting. I mean, he and Chavela Vargas and probably some others like adopted Mexico as like their home and because their careers and everything like really were shaped in Mexico. So I don't know the story about why they moved or when they moved. But yeah, he was born in Puerto Rico to, to dad from Spain and mom from Italy. But he got into music business really young. And so there's actually a Netflix series, I think that was made in Mexico, that was released this summer that's like epically long, all about him and his life. Um, and there's a lot of like drama and mystery because his mother disappeared at some point and like nobody knows where she is. Mm -hmm. um, and his father was kind of like an abusive manager type. So I haven't, you've seen, you haven't seen the Netflix show either. No, I haven't. No, I haven't either. But I, when I was in Mexico this summer, my friends were talking about it. Um, and then uh, Latinos Who Lunch has talked about it a little bit too. But he's just like, I mean, one of those sort of big names in Mexican music. Um, and he had a huge role in popularizing boleros in Mexico. And this is something I've wanted to talk about before. And like, I'm hoping we'll do a whole episode about boleros because it's a particular musical genre that really was born in Cuba, but Mexico had a huge role in like popularizing it as well. Um, and he was in particular like very responsible for that movement and his music. And so like boleros, a lot of the boleros are traditional songs that were then, you know, used and popularized by these like more contemporary musicians. So, you know, we'll come back to the, the topic of boleros hopefully, but he's a big, big deal in the icon and in the genre of boleros. And, you know, boleros are usually mm -hmm. sad. They're all about heartbreak, which I think is often these senora jams are often really sad, right? And like about desire and longing and, you know, they just have a lot of feelings and emotion to them. There's a type of senora jam that's like made by like somebody who styles themselves as a heartthrob. And mm -hmm. Luis Miguel is definitely yeah. in that category. Yeah. The song itself was from 93. And yeah, we were talking about like, why is Mexico, like so many of the artists that we're bringing are Mexican or like their career was in Mexico, like Luis Miguel. Like, why do you think Mexico is such a big part of Senora Jams? I just feel like Mexicans have Senora music on lock. I mean, obviously, <laughs> that's there's a lot more to Mexican music than Senora music, obviously, yeah. right? There's so yeah. much. But right. um, I think that it's part of like the fact that Mexican, the Mexican entertainment industry is really hegemonic across Latin America, right? Like it's mm -hmm. like a huge country and it's a huge industry. And it like, so I think that, um, that, that that's part of it is that it's where people had the chance to succeed, right? Like even like Celia went to Mexico for a while, you know, yeah. like it's just like yeah. where there was like a place where industry. you could like be in an industry and like yeah. that had the infrastructure to support, you know, right. like international success. Right. That makes sense. But yeah, there's definitely something about these, like a lot of the people I brought are like crooners, you know? Yeah. I mean, I was thinking about like, what is like the anatomy of a senora song, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's like, first of all, it's a lot of longing, mm -hmm. right? Like mm -hmm. either longing or like, you know, revenge. It could be revenge, but there's like some mm -hmm. love involved, right? Mm -hmm. Like yep. lo yep. a love scorn, a love that yep. like isn't possible right now for some reason or like a love that like is possible and is like the best shit that's ever happened you know yep. there's also strings right mm -hmm. like <laughs> I feel like strings are uh -huh. very part of a senora jam for sure but like the vocals. most important yeah. the key is the vocals right yeah. like there's got to be not like vocals but like some vocals right, right. like there's got to be like people who yeah. can sing uh-huh uh-huh who can like belt it out yep. yeah yeah Yep. That's what I think of when I think of a Senora Jam. I think that like all of that might also qualify as a boleto. I think there's like a lot of ties there, which will be yeah, definitely more in the future. 
Okay, so my next Señora Jam is called Paloma Negra, and it's by Lola Beltran. We can talk about why I think this is a Señora Jam later, but it's, yeah. it's amazing. Just take a listen. Si maldecirte o por ti rezar Tengo miedo de buscarte y de encontrarte Donde me aseguran mis amigos que te vas Hay momentos en que quisiera mejor rajarme para arrancarme y a los clavos de mi pena. Pero mis ojos se mueren sin mirar tus ojos y mi cariño con la aurora te vuelve a esperar y agarraste por tu cuenta las parandas So obviously a lot of people listen to Rancheras, right? Um, mm-hmm. So it's not exclusively Señoras at all. But I associate um, Rancheras with um, Señoras because my grandmother on mm-hmm. my dad's side loved Rancheras. They were like her oh, fucking jam. Yeah. To the point that like my dad hates Rancheras because when <laughs> he was like on Saturday mornings when they woke him up to clean, yeah. he got woke he up with Rancheras. Right? Wow. And yeah, and so for me, they're Señora music. And Lola Beltrán is obviously Mexican, a singer of rancheras. We've never brought her before, so I'm really grateful for this opportunity to do so. She was, you know, like a singer, but also like an actress and TV personality who was active from like the 50s to like the 80s, right? Mm. And um, this song, Paloma Negra, is a very famous ranchera, probably her, her most popular song. And lots of people have done it, you know, after her, right? Like Chabela Vargas did a version of it and Vicente Fernandez did and even Jenny Rivera did one. Mm, Um, (laughs) And she's this like cultural icon in Mexico. So I feel like excited to be able to bring her, but she's got those vocals. She's able to like belt it out. Apparently people called her Lola La Grande. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, she was really iconic. Totally. She shows you like the power of the, the influence of Mexican music that your like Italian grandmother in Venezuela was like listening to this, you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah, well, I'm glad we got to got a chance to bring her. Me too. So my next one's a little bit of a departure from some of the, the kind of things we've been bringing, but this is Deseándote by Frankie Ruiz. Te veo en la calle Nuestras miradas se tropiezan Y se asustan Y en un instante se acarician Se disfrutan Y se alejan después Disimulo Es siempre contigo Y esa mujer Que no conozco De mi brazo Los dos suplentes Que después de aquel fracaso Nos buscamos tú y yo Por nuestro 
just like stay being obsessed with salsa romantica. Like it just, this is probably the most senora aspect of my musical taste is how much I like salsa romantica. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I can't, I can't hear this song and not want to sing to it. So <laughs> this is from 1989. And this is one of those things like I hadn't heard it in 20 years. And then I don't know, heard it on the radio or like on Spotify. And I was like, oh my God, this song. And I like played it for my mommy and she was like, I don't remember the song. I'm like, come on. Like, I, I like, I don't develop my own musical taste like in this era. Like this comes from my parents. And my father was also like, right. but so I don't know, maybe I heard it on the radio in Miami or something. Um, but I think it's uh, just a super jam. And I think Salsa Romantica falls into like the Senora Jams category. It's maybe not as much of the voice as some of these other ones that we've had that are just like big voice, like crooners, but um, definitely the feelings definitely the heartbreak and the sadness and the like desire this is like about all clearly all about desire and like you can sing along really well to it and you can dance to it i just feel like those things also for me um are good qualifications of a senora jam too mm-hmm. he's puerto rican but he's born in new jersey and he was a big you know he was really okay. popular during the salsa romantica era um, but he was in puerto rico for a lot of his life as well I learned a little bit about his history, which is that um, he had some drug and alcohol abuse issues, which like so many of like big musicians do. I just think it's like more likely to be part of your life than not when you're in this arena. But um, this song actually came out while he was in prison after an altercation with a flight attendant. (laughs) So things got pretty serious for him. Um, And he died at only 40 years old because of the impacts of drug and alcohol. Yeah. Like he had like liver liver failure yeah it's sad so yeah. his, his career was really short-lived um but he did a lot with kind of the time that he that he was part of the scene and this is just one of a, a number of hits that he had in the mm-hmm. 80s and early 90s you weren't sure if you'd heard this song right yeah i wasn't sure i'd listened to it and it's like i feel like there's a point where like these really like late 80s early 90s salsas like sound so familiar to me we and i don't know if do. it's just because like it's like a vibe I'm very familiar with, but right. or if it's I've actually heard this song, yeah, and it's been approximately 20 years since I heard yeah. it, so I don't right. immediately right. recognize it, you yeah. know. So, so I don't. I, have, I feel like I'm in that in between space. Like, do I yeah. know this song? That's <laughs> like how my parents felt too. But I'm like, no, I know you know this song. Um, I have a really good memory for two things. One is smells. Like I'll smell something and it'll like we're take me back to like an era or a time like oh yeah absolutely I have that too yeah and I feel that same way about music like when I hear a song from a particular era it's just like totally it feels like I remember it so strongly and it really takes me back so this is this is in that like large category that's one of the yeah. things I'm, I love about this podcast and about music in general is that I just get to be have that experience a lot and it just yeah. feels so it's really joyful to like rediscover something that that hits that point for me and then I just like, I feel like I remember the lyrics from when I was a kid, you know, so. For sure. All right. So my next jam is by Juan Gabriel. And mm-hmm. I feel like Juan Gabriel is like solid senora territory. Yeah, there's no way right? we could do it without him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no Love way. us some Juanga, as you all yeah. know. And um, yeah, so this song is called Abrázame Muy Fuerte. Take a listen. Felicidad, a tu lado yo siento que estoy viviendo. Nada es como ayer. Abrázame que el tiempo pasa y él nunca perdona. Ha hecho estragos en mi gente como en mi persona. 
Abrázame que el tiempo es malo y muy cruel amigo Abrázame que el tiempo es oro si tú estás conmigo Abrázame fuerte, muy fuerte y más fuerte que nunca Siempre abrázame Hoy que tú estás conmigo yo no sé si está pasando el tiempo, tú lo has detenido Así quiero estar por siempre, aprovecho que estás tú conmigo Te doy gracias por cada momento de mi vivir Tú cuando mires para el cielo Por cada estrella que aparezca, amor es un te quiero Abrázame que el tiempo hiere y el cielo es testigo Que el tiempo es cruel y a nadie quiere, por eso te... So as I said, I think Juanga himself is like a very señora type of crooner, right? Like, and I think he exists in the middle gender-wise, sort of having some feminine energy, but also yeah. having that like a man that like is able to sing you a romantic song and you know understands feelings you know mm -hmm. gets you so i feel right. like he sort of like you know really um is able to navigate both of those spaces as a singer and right. i think that's very very appealing to the senora yeah. demographic right right yeah he's not but, the heartthrob type really Although maybe yeah, like but early I mean, on, I think that he can career. be. Yeah, I think he can be. You know, I feel like that's like he moves in between. Like people know that he's gay. It's kind of like, um, ¿cómo que se llama? The guy from Wham, George Michael. Uh. I feel like everybody knew he was gay, and everybody, all the straight ladies, thought he was so hot anyway because he right. was. Or maybe yeah. that was just me. I don't no, know. I feel like possible. yeah. I think Juan got in the in the early part of his career was I think it was more part of his right. I think as he right. got older, it was like less. He was more flamboyant, and I think it was just less of like yeah the demographic. Well, this is but. like around you know this came out in 2000, so it's yeah. not like early Juanga, but no. um, right. it's not like right. the later later Juanga. But so yeah. this I think the other reason why this is such a Senora jam is because this was the title track of a novela of the mm -hmm. same name. I remember yeah. when Abrazame Muy Fuerte was on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. I feel like novelas are just like a very señora thing, and mm -hmm. señoras both love novelas and yep. are into the songs that play, yep. that are on novelas, which is right. which right. is why like my sister is such a señora. She like <laughs> loves novela theme songs, you nice. know. Nice, nice. Which nice. we have an episode of novela theme songs uh -huh. that yep. we love. So yep. if you've never heard that one, definitely check it out. Yeah, check it out for sure. Okay, so here's like the big question though. Is he still alive? What do you think? You know, I feel like I'm sticking to like a sort of like Tupac situation. I feel like he might be alive somewhere hiding and yeah. he just like got sick. No, no, I don't know. He's probably not alive. Also, Tupac's no. probably not alive. I but I dead. love I love to <laughs> indulge in the fantasy though. I know. I know. I just hope it's not. I just like I don't like the the idea that his old manager is like taking advantage or you know like that's what i don't like about it like there's always a fantasy right elvis like all these like huge stars who die young there's like all of these rumors about them faking their own death and whatever but i just don't want anybody like fucking with his legacy do you know 
Yeah. That's yeah, I get it. I'm taking advantage of him. Um, also, like Twitter, you really should shut down the verified accounts of people who are dead because it's creepy. Mm-hmm. No, I'm pretty, I'm pretty much on team Huanga's actually died, which is really sad. But also, this is just what happens. You know, there's always these rumors about. Right. About them. So that makes me feel more like it's, it's less likely to be true, you know, because <laughs> like how many of the, <clears throat> these folks have been, this rumor has been spread that they faked their own death. The managers just had some flamboyance mm-hmm. lies, <clears throat> I think, sadly. So, yeah. A senora crooner to be missed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, he left us a quite a large cannon. To oh explore. my god! Yeah, and it, given the amount of like wine he drank while he performed, like it's incredible that he his career was so yeah robust even very much up until the very end. You know. Mm-hmm. Totally. So the last song for the Senora Jams episode is my pick, and it's by Jose Jose, and it's called El Triste. Qué triste fue decirnos adiós Cuando nos adorábamos más Hasta la golondrina emigró Presagiando el final Qué triste Luce los mares de las playas se van, se los colores de gris, hoy todo es soledad, no sé si vuelva a verte So he's just another Mexican crooner. <laughs> you know, there's just you know, so many. There's, so there's many. a type. There's so many. I know there's a type. There's a type. And, you know, I know we're stereotyping senoras and I know there's senoras out there who listen to all sorts of music. So. Yeah, but I mean, we, we, we were just talking about how more señoras were going to be like listening to Bad Money. Right. So. so there you go. So, so Jose Jose, this song was like his big hit in the 70s um, and was one of his early hits in the 70s. And there's like a story about him performing it at some concert or like competition and just like blowing everybody away with his voice. Um, so he's definitely, it's all about the voice and his yeah. incredible tenor. Vocals, mm-hmm. vocals, vocals, vocals. Um, his career was really, really big in the 80s. And then Bodecito, his voice started to decline in the 90s. Um, and he also struggled with alcohol and cocaine abuse. And also apparently, 
something I didn't know about singing. Um, part of his problems had to do with some type of shots that they would put into his vocal cords, like before he would yeah, sing. Yeah, they'll do that. Yeah. Yeah, and they like abused it and overdid it, and it really fucked with his vocal cords and created yeah, polyps. Yeah, because it's like stuff. it helps in Novocaine, the moment, maybe? but you really need to <clears throat> you need to rest your vocal cords. Right. Right. So if right. you keep doing that, then you then you risk permanent damage. Right. So yeah, there's a lot of. It sounds like his life has had a lot of twists and turns and yeah. challenges also, and health stuff. Also, cocaine's gotta fuck with your voice, right? I mean, like it gets all up in your throat and shit. Because you're inhaling it, yeah. 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 That's the thing. It's like when you're known for your voice, if you're if you don't protect it, it really. Yeah. So um, he's actually still around um, and sober, according to Wikipedia. <laughs> so. All right. You know. Shout out Jose Jose. You know. You know, doing the thing. But yeah, lots of there's just like a lot of detail about drama around his health and his voice. Um, but yeah, he's another one we haven't brought to the podcast before because he's not really in our taste Venn diagram, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. definitely, I think, falls into the Senora Jam category and maybe the Oella Jam category, too. Nice. All right, y'all. That was our Senora Jams episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have your own <clears throat> Senora Jam suggestions, hit us up on Instagram or Twitter. Let us know what your Senora Jams are. What are the Senoras in your life listening to right now? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so inquiring minds want to know. <laughs> what are you being forced to clean to on Saturday morning? <laughs> it's funny because you know what I clean? I don't listen to music. I listen. I like watch TV in the background. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I can't I have, do that because I get like distract. I'm very distractible with, with yeah. moving images. So yeah. I need to listen to music or a podcast music. or something. I, yeah, I do a lot of like TV in the background, but. All right. Well, as, <coughs> as always, you can find all the show notes on RileyManea.com and all the videos and things that we talked about are linked there. If you're not following us on social media, get your life together. We're at RileyManea on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And if you haven't reviewed us yet on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, definitely leave us a review. It makes a huge, huge difference for us. Thanks so much for listening. Hasta la próxima. Bye. Tres veces te engañé, tres veces te engañé, tres veces te engañé.